Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. Well, since it's a short week, the coordinator spoke over at the at the bank today, and Thomas Brown met with the media, and I think we've seen the tight ends have a more increased role since he became the play caller overtaken for Frank Reich, and he explained why that was the case in the most recent game against the Colts. Yeah, it's continue to find ways to uh, you know find who's going to affect the game when it comes to matchups. I think offensively, it's always about our personnel first. So I can you know do a really good job attacking the opponent. Uh, but those guys did a nice job of trying to be in where they're supposed to be from a zoning standpoint. Obviously, have the huge explosive play on third down to Hayden, which is good to kind of see him kind of get going. But uh, it's all kind of based on the matchups, but also what the defense presents for us to get guys open. How much has Bryce uh, been hurt by not having that go-to tight end that you see so many young quarterbacks depend on early on in their careers? So. I don't know if it's necessarily a tight end question. I really think it's just a weapon question. The fact that you've only been able to depend on Adam Thielen all year long. We've talked about the age old adage of you tight end is a young QB's best friend. If you look at the history, the stats don't necessarily bear that to be true, but Hayden Hurst being utilized more in the passing game certainly would help Bryce young. Now the problem is he's built a better rapport with Steven Sullivan. What we saw in this game before he got banged up, he was the go-to guy at the tight end position for Bryce Young and also Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble in big-time situations, whether it be a fourth and short or fourth and goal where you're talking about him throwing a touchdown pass to touchdown Tommy himself. It'd be great if Hayden Hurst had worked out, but it hasn't yet. Despite the big play that we saw, we've seen drops. We've seen little production. I just want Hayden Hurst and a lot of the other signings to work out that uh, Bryce Young is throwing to. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, a tight end would be nice, sure, but I just think he needs guys that are getting open and winning one-on-one matchups on a regular basis outside of Adam Thielen. I think that's the biggest thing uh, that they need, and they're going to have to rebuild this receiving core from the ground up. And then if a tight end happens to come available in that process that can help expedite that, then great. But I just think they need playmakers all over the field. We talked back in the 1 o'clock hour about how Thursday's game could impact the future of maybe Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich, and this entire coaching staff. Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer, he joined the Kyle Bailey show yesterday to talk about just how hot he thinks the seat is for the Panthers GM. Scott's in an interesting spot because, remember, he's like kind of the last vestige of like the Matt Rule era. So obviously he's going to get heat for that. But let's not forget, it was a collaborative process for Bryce Young. So if you're going to assess blame for Fitterer, you also kind of have to give that to David Tepper, but he can't fire himself, and Frank Reich and his staff. And I think Scott Fitterer deserves a lot of blame here. The, the front office made some signings that have not panned out well, and you know, as much as the coaching staff did weigh in, like Justin Houston was a Frank Wright guy. DJ Chark and Miles Sanders, it's well documented that Frank and Deuce Staley wanted them here. Like, ultimately, the general manager is in charge of it all. And so he is rightfully getting criticized for a lot of the stuff. There's no way to kind of jump around it. I mean, I think a lot of people deserve a lot of blame in the roster moves, but ultimately the buck stops with him from a personnel standpoint i think to come to defense of scott fitterer this was his first real offseason having 100 percent say in personnel decisions 
is one year eat no matter how bad is it uh, bad is it is it enough to get him fired uh yeah i definitely think it can be because in the time they finally give you an opportunity to make moves you busted on a lot of these guys that you brought in so mm. i think another offseason will be um in order for him to be able to see if he can get this thing right, and if he can't sign the right guys yet again, then, yeah, definitely he has to be out of here. Well, and, and so with me using that very defensive Scott Fitterer, we can't act like he didn't have his hands in the other signings, too, that took place with Matt Rule here. Like, Scott Fitterer still had a role. Not everybody was a Matt Rule guy. And if there's not a lot of good to choose from, then that means you can't give the good players to Scott Fitter because there's not many anyway. So if that's the case, then he does bear a lot of this responsibility, even if he hasn't been in full control. Maybe his vision has been compromised by David Tepper and Matt Rule to where he couldn't fully go with what he wants to do. But as Mike Cave mentioned, as I said yesterday, David Tepper's not going to go anywhere. So you even... You got to learn how to build this team with David Tepper being the way that he is. And what's interesting, too, like I, I like Scott Fitterer, but man, what am I supposed to put more, more stock in? Am I supposed to put more stock in all of the coaches that are on this staff that have had success elsewhere, even if it came to an end? But everybody knows that you get hired to be fired at some point, unless you're Bill Belichick, and it might be his day soon. So Frank Reich. Jero Averro, whether it be Dom Capers, Jim Caldwell, who's done a nice job. Man, I mean, there's a lot of success stories on this coaching staff. There's not much that you can point to and say that's where Scott Fitterer hit it out of the park, whether it be his time here in Carolina or we give John Schneider a lot of the success as to why or a lot of the reason as to why Seattle was successful. So, yeah, I. I hate it because it seems like he's a good guy. Joe Person talked about how respected he is in the league. But, man, it just hasn't worked out, especially in the NFL draft where you are supposed to build the foundation of your team. All right. Well, now we'll get to a fun piece of audio from the former quarterback of the Panthers, Cam Newton. And, Wes, I imagine during your time in football locker rooms, you maybe encountered players trying to buy a jersey number or something like the sort. Well, believe it or not, Jimmy Clausen. After having one of the worst rookie seasons in modern NFL history, tried to make Cam Newton buy his number two when the Panthers drafted him. And uh, here's the way the story went down, according to Cam Newton. I didn't even want number one. Man, Jimmy Clausen, we cool now. Jimbo, he's <laughs> like, shit, you want it, you got to pay for it. I was like, cool, how much? He said a million. One million dollars. I said, boy, kiss my ass, boy. I said a million dollars, bro. I said, bro, people don't make a million dollars in a lifetime, let alone I'm going to give you a million dollars just for a f***ing number. Bro. <laughs> so I thought he was playing. The mother f comes back and said, okay, bro, I'll talk to my people. We'll do it for uh, 750000 I said, oh. Oh, you for real? <laughs> I hung that phone up. True story. Hung that phone up. I called the equipment man. I said, I'm rocking with number one. I made an oath to myself. I said, that would be the last time Jimmy Clausen will ever be heard of in Carolina. Two things. I want to know who Jimmy Clausen's people were that had the asking price come down $250,000. 
And second, Wes, did you ever have a teammate try to buy your number? And if so, what would have been your asking price? Well, yeah, in college, there was no oh, NIL, so there was no money oh, to yeah, be that's right. thrown around. You might have offered snacks or maybe some extra food at the Chick-fil-A off of your meal card or something like that. <laughs> but uh, <this laughs> Cam Newton, What does that look like? Yeah, this Cam <laughs> Newton story is phenomenal. Uh, you love it because you do wonder the origin of guys' numbers because everybody thought that for a guy like Cam, especially as flashy as he was, that he picked number one to be able to say, I'm the guy, I'm the one. That would have been the narrative a lot of people would have gone with. And but they did. To, no, and they did. Yeah, but to be able to find out that this was how this all happened and what he was able to do to get Jimmy Clausen up out of here, I mean, that was great. And I guess Jimmy knew the writing on the wall when they picked Cam anyway, so he said, I might as well be able to see what I can finesse out of this guy. On one hand, <laughs> I agree with, I think, what, Jack wrote in saying Jimmy Clausen stood on business and I applaud him for that. A <laughs> million dollars is a lot. You know, the number one overall pick just got paid. Now, remember, this was right after we saw the last big old rookie contract that was handed out to Sam Bradford, the number one overall pick out of Oklahoma. So Cam Newton missed out on that. He was the last one. He's the one that kind of put that into the collective bargaining agreement, but he was still making a lot of money. Jimmy Clausen decided I'm going to try to squeeze him for a million. Okay. I'll settle for 750,000. I like that. He was trying to get as much as he could on the flip side, the audacity after Jimmy Clausen put up the year that he did that led to the number one overall pick. unmitigated goal. Jimmy, if you played better, Cam Newton's not on your team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, or Blaine Gabbert might be. Maybe Jake Locker would be. But Cam Newton's not as the number one overall pick. And so if you would have played better, then you wouldn't have had to be in this predicament anyway. But you're so right about the whole Cam Newton's a look at me guy. Mm -hmm. He's so flashy. He chose number one because he's number one and it just looks bad. It's hilarious that Jimmy Clausen is the one that forced him to go that way because he wanted his old number and number two. Cam was trying to be number two, very opposite of what LaMelo wanted to become, which was number one after he was number two his rookie year. And the last thing I'll say too is that, yeah, most jersey stories you hear with guys in the league, you're talking 20, 30,000, something like that or some type of perk, but that number was astronomical. <laughs> I want, when we get into a show fight, to have the isolated Cam Newton soundbite. We good now, yeah. after we have it, <laughs> after we move on. We good now. That'll do it for the Live Wire with Fiddy. <laughs> Excellent job ending on the Cam Newton, Jimmy Clausen, Jersey Story.